Hi there, this is Paula Jones and this is Autistic Women Working, the weekly podcast for newly diagnosed autistic women who want to learn to thrive in a world that's not designed for you and me. This is Paula. Welcome to Autistic Women Working, where we talk all things work, adulting and being autistic. And this week we are going to talk about what it is you think you should do. What sort of career path is the right thing for you to be doing? You might have your career path all sorted, but you might be in a position at the moment where you are looking at changing jobs, looking for a promotion in the firm where you're already working maybe thinking about running your own business. My shortest job, as I've mentioned before, was 26 minutes long and my longest job was five years. So for the most of my working life, I'm now 52, I've been self-employed and I've always known that I've wanted to work in helper type roles. My first real job as a self-employed person was a guitar teacher because I've played guitar since the age of three and I just always loved helping people so being in the spotlight was never for me but being a helper type always was and after I left university because I went back to university at the age of 24 doing the whole uni thing at 18 wasn't for me I wasn't ready for it and I studied psychology and got a few jobs after that went into training which was just absolutely the right thing for me and then magicked my way into self-employment and then coaching hypnotherapy and therapy and I'm now doing a psychology master's so hopefully by the time I'm 60 you'll all have to call me doctor really hope so I'm way behind on my schedule for a number of reasons, which I'm not going to go into right now, but this is the career path that I've chosen. And I chose this knowing that in my heart, this is what I wanted. I had a set of values that I've always had and I've always stuck to because despite the fact that there's this preconception that autistics go into IT. Well, yeah, I did go into IT. There are many paths that we can take and there are a lot of misconceptions about women autistics. So we don't follow the path of male autism. You know, we're not all systems programmers at um, ICI. We need to follow our employment visions, our employment values and embrace what's going to serve us. It's so important that when you know what your values are and you are sure of yourself, you can be sure of yourself while knowing you're autistic. And when you just find that you're autistic, you can be sure of yourself. And one of our strengths is list making. I've got lists for everything. Um, I've got lists for ideal careers, things my husband calls me. I've got things for things my husband says. My calm kit. My calm kit. I can't live without. 
I will do another podcast on a calm kit. But making lists of things, all sorts of gems pop out in your lists. So a list of values, for example. My values for my business are fun, truth, achievement, love, humour, positivity, but not toxic positivity. None of this nothing but good vibes stuff. Creativity and fun. So those are my values for my business. And those are the things that I like to work by openness and because I work with mostly autistic women that's what we get because we tend to be open with each other we tend to just speak our truth and it's great and this career path that I found myself on I set my goals for this ages ago looking at what does what does 30 year old me want what does 45 year old me want and at 52 I'm on this path and it's amazing and it's wonderful. Although autistic women are seen pretty much by the media the same way autistic men are, we are pretty much different and autistic men, you are not left out here. We embrace you too. You can come and listen to this. Please do come and listen to this because we love you. But you know that we present differently because we've had years of masking in the way that men haven't because Boys got diagnosed in the 70s in a way that women just didn't. Girls didn't get diagnosed, you know. So we had to we had to copy our peers. We had to copy all the, the girls that we were around. So we have a more intellectual idea of how the world works rather than this emotional way of how the world works. That's not to say that we don't have emotions and we don't have feelings, but it's it's certainly more of an intellectual experience. So when you're thinking about what it is that you should do and what it is that you want to do in your career path, think about your values. First and foremost, what are your values? Next, how do you interact with people? Because another common misconception is that we're not good at interacting with people. And that's so not true. There are certain types of people we don't interact with. There are certain groups of people we may not interact with. Saying that we're not team players is also not necessarily true. If we're in a team of like-minded people, then we're going to get on like a house on fire because we're with our tribe. We have found our people. Just to give you an example, I like true crime. I might have mentioned this before. And there's a forum on one of the channels that I watch on YouTube. And whenever there's a, a live that goes up on YouTube, there's a channel discussion. And they all know that I'm autistic. There's a few of the other people on there that are autistic as well. And we all just say what we're feeling, you know. And we're all kind of blunt on there. And we all have very similar values, like the same things, say similar things. And we've gone through this group stage of forming, storming, norming and performing, which is how group dynamics work. And... We've gone through all of that and we've, we've got together and we've got to know each other really well. So we are all team players within the right situations. So we can be team players with the right people, with the right minded people, with the right kind of situation. So ultimately, we have to decide what works best for us, what environment works best for us and what sorts of style and preferences we have 
within our ways of working. We often won't realise what this is until we see it written down in black and white. That's why I'm a big fan of note-taking and making lists. There will be particular employment styles that we're going to be suited to. So if you are a vegan, then perhaps working on a farm is not going to be the thing for you. You see what I mean? So a bit of an extreme example, but you know what I mean. But if you're very detail-driven, as most autistic people tend to be, we can see the, the overall picture, but we're detail-driven and we can see things really outside of the box. In fact, that box doesn't even exist for a lot of us as autistic people. Being able to reevaluate what's important to us and important to our values can help us to really work on how we approach our next career path and go with those gut feelings as well. I've got a client who is on that path at the moment and those gut feelings are so important right now. It's it's looking at, again, what is the next 10 years going to mean if you take career path A or career path B? And if your gut feeling says, oh, no, when you think about career path A, then career path B might be the more important one. So because we are hitting our diagnoses later in life, we might notice a pattern of failed job positions. Now, I've certainly got that. Remember my 26-minute job and my pattern of not being able to hold down long-term jobs. So I did a lot of sales jobs because I got kind of pushed into them. And while I was quite good at them, I absolutely hated that kind of role. You know, I didn't like working for a firm that ended up on Watchdog at one point literally with cameras being shoved in through the window and microphones because the firm that I was working for was really quite dodgy. So that obviously wasn't right for me. I didn't like companies that used blame tactics and fear tactics to get you to perform because we don't flourish in that kind of environment because as autistic people, we're used to feeling like we're doing things wrong anyway. If that's the kind of environment you're in, I think that's really harmful and certainly not the type of environment that you need to be in. You can be at a real stage where you're at full-on burnout by the time you get diagnosed and your work is really harmful for you. When you start to understand yourself and you get this diagnosis and you begin to lean into it, a lot of things at work really start to make sense. And you look back on your career history and your employment history and again, oh, that's why, starts to really, really sink in. And you'll start to get support from people around you. If you're in a job that could be a happy environment for you, you'll start to get support from the peers around you. If it's not the right place for you, if you're feeling marginalised, then it's time to start making these lists and thinking, okay, what could I be doing better? Could I be working for myself? Could I be working in a similar environment, but in a different company? This is a real opportunity for you now to actually decide what is it that you want and what are you going to do from this point onwards? Because as a woman on the spectrum, 
you have so many gifts and opportunities and such a broad range in your skill set that you can offer to a business or to running your own business. Some of these things are managerial skills, they are attention to detail, but from the standpoint of somebody who's autistic, you have great leadership because we are generally ethical people. We're inherently empathic and people think that we don't have empathy. The problem for us is actually we often have too much empathy, but we have enormous amounts of compassion, which is why I do the job that I do. I don't want anyone to ever feel the way I've felt in my life. And I know I can't stop that, but I can help people out of feeling the pit of despair. That's why I do what I do. So you can be a great manager, you can be a great supervisor. And because we hold such high standards for ourselves, we can create really fantastic workplaces that are inclusive for everybody. The disability part of inclusivity often gets left out. It's not just for autistic people, but it's for everybody. Inclusivity for everybody is so important. Our communication skills with the right people and the right support and the right accommodations put in place, we're great communicators and we support and we help other employees who are struggling because you know when you say to somebody who's depressed, if you need help just reach out to me. A depressed person doesn't do that. We've got to be the ones that reach out to people who are depressed. We've got to be the ones that help. We've got to be the ones that notice. Because somebody with depression doesn't want to be a bother. And as autistic people, we have that empathy and we have that knowledge of depression and we notice it in other people. So our communication skills there are of enormous benefit to other people. And we will be that person that notices that somebody else isn't feeling great and we can offer help. We can go to that person and say, hey, I notice you don't seem to be feeling great. Is there anything that I can do? Do you need anything? That's where our communication skills come in. Our teamwork. Our teamwork works well where the environment is inclusive and supportive. So I work in teams at university and they have to make accommodations for me. And I wonder sometimes, do they feel like bloody hell, Paula and her need for X, Y and Z? And I do wonder about that. But when we're actually in the team together, we work really well because we have the same goals, we have the same values, we have the same needs within the, the teams. We aim for everything to to go the same way. But I do have specific needs, whereas they don't. And my need is to reduce sensory stress and also because I have a chronic illness on top of that, there are only certain times that I can meet during the day. So once we get to the meeting ending past sort of seven o'clock in the evening, I need to start taking my medication again and, you know, I'm going to be ill if the meeting goes past that. So I sort of wonder, you know, do they think, God, her and her bloody needs... But during the actual teamwork that we do, it's absolutely great. And again, we communicate really well too. There is that that synergy that we have and that, that gelling together that we have 
So it's entirely possible in the right circumstances that teamwork does work. It's just that occasionally we have to ask for accommodations. We have very strong work ethics because that's crucial to us because we are loyal in our employment. We make good long-term employees as long as we're supported within the workplace to be the best that we can be. So my 26-minute employment sounds like the complete opposite, but if you remember, I walked into an environment as an undiagnosed, very young autistic woman into an environment that was all screaming and shouting and it was awful. But when I've been supported in the workplace to be the best that I can be, I've given back everything that I can to be the best employee that I can be. I've just needed some accommodations. So occasionally working from home where it's been a noisy environment and occasionally being left in a room by myself to do course development so that I'm not disturbed so that I can get on with my job. Just small things where I've asked for, can I be left alone for an hour to do this? And yes, yes, you can. Not a problem. So don't disturb Paula for an hour. Don't don't wake the beast for an hour. You know, so just a few things like that. Accommodations in the workplace. I've asked for those and I've got them. And it's a 50-50 thing as well, you know, that I've asked for accommodations, but I've done the work where I've asked for the accommodations, the work has been done because I've been given a time limit. So there you go. You've got an hour, but we need you to do this. So yeah, fair enough. That's great. You've you've given to me, so I will make sure that I hold up my end of the bargain. And that's what we should be doing because we are in that environment. But as long as we know our values and know what it is that we are, and we can give. We have got a major opportunity to flourish when we know that we are autistic. So write down your list of values, what it is that's important to you, and you will know where it is that you want to go. And remember, you're creating this for your future self. And if you hold back now, now that you know that you're autistic, your future self is going to be let down if you hold back because you've got this opportunity to flourish. You've got the opportunity to become a role model, not only to yourself, but to other people around you and to inspire future generations of autistic women, of autistic people in general, just to show them that, look what we can do. Look what we can do, look how great we are. You know, we're not useless. We are not Rain Man. We're not awkward, we're different. We're not less. We can do the things that are asked of us. We just do them differently. And we don't need people breathing down our necks saying, I wouldn't do it that way. Oh, well, that's nice for you. Because I do it this way because I have to do it this way. And because I enjoy doing it this way. And because my way of working tells me that I must do it this way. But let me get on with it. And you'll get such great work out of me. You won't believe it. Doesn't that sound awesome? I think it does. Okay. So know what it is that you want, write everything down and just have a big old brain dump on paper and 
write down everything, everything that you're good at, everything that you believe in, all of your values, all of the things that you love, all the things that you don't like, all the things that you're not prepared to put up with, all the things that you want in your working day, all the things that you think would be nice to have, but you don't think if you asked for them, you'd get them. Because you never know. Why not? Absolutely, why not? I've asked for things and thought I wouldn't get them, and I've got them. So go for it. And then if you decide that the only way this is going to happen is by working for yourself, then you've got yourself a business. Awesome. And I absolutely love my business. It's such a privilege to work with people who are autistic or not, but just want to be able to be themselves, to speak the truth, and to like themselves. Because liking yourself is so imperative to being successful in life. And if you don't like yourself, it's a very, very hard life. And I know that from experience. That's all I've got for you this week. And I will see you next time. Take care and peace.